top of the hour news. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens. Local, regional, and global. Only on Q95, the big station. Q95DA.com. Right on Q. Good evening. This is the Prime Evening News for today, Monday, September 19th, 2022. I'm your presenter for this environment in the headlines. Retired police superintendent Nicholas George notes the growing divide between police and the people and says it is critical for police to grasp the value of establishing and upholding the trust of the public. Right on cue. A recent survey by CARICOM and the United Nations World Food Programme revealed that food insecurity in the English-speaking Caribbean has increased alarmingly by 46% over the past six months. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the discovery of a mass grave and 440 victims remains in the city of Izium proved that Russia committed war crimes in his country. The news is brought to you for the very kind compliments of discovered Dominica Authority. Details and more coming up next. F to 30th 2022, Dominica invites you to celebrate the World Crayon Music Festival. Three nights of pulsating rhythms on one stage. For more information, visit www.dominicafestivals.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at Dominica Festivals or Instagram at Dominica.Festival. Dominica's World Crayon Music Festival, celebrating 22 years in 2022. October 28th to 30th. And welcome back. First off in the news, retired superintendent of the Dominica Police Force, Nicholas George, during his appearance as a guest on the Roots Connection on Q, highlighted that there is a growing disconnect between the people of Dominica and the citizen, and accusations are rampant and widespread. Trust between the community and the police does not happen without solid leadership at the top and at every level of a law enforcement organization. Mr. George stressed that the chief of police and his commander must pay attention to the command that are coming from the public and address and address them in a manner that builds confidence. He says it is imperative that police officers understand the importance of building and maintaining public trust, the cornerstone of successful policing. Uh, one has to say that there is a growing disconnect between the police in Dominica and the citizenry, and the accusations are rampant and wide. And it is incumbent on the chief of police and his command to pay attention to the comments that are coming out from the public and to address them in a manner that builds confidence between the police and the citizenry. He continued by saying that despite recent police actions towards its citizens, public trust and confidence in the police continue to lag. According to Mr. George, there is enough information available to the Dominican people that calls for a new investigation into the police department. If the command fails to do that, then they are failing the very officers who are on the beats. They are allowing the officers to get away with an attitude of entitlement that I'm entitled to um, protection from my commander, I'm entitled to non-investigations, I'm entitled to promotions that I do not deserve, and so on. And therefore, you begin a rot, okay? So whilst I do not want to cast judgment on what may have happened at the court, I believe there is sufficient evidence in the public in Dominica 
that requires a, probably another inquiry into the police force. And that was a retired superintendent of the Dominic Police Force, Nicholas George. Lennon Matthew points out that democracy ensures that everyone has a voice in the choices we make over how to distribute that wealth. And in order to successfully implement democracy, we must adhere to the principles. Mr. Matthew emphasizes the value of citizen participation by stressing that democracy is experienced firsthand when voters participate in the electoral process and choose who they want to represent them in the government. What democracy does, it makes sure that everyone has a part to play in the decision making of how we share that wealth. You know, we've heard so much about free and fair election. That is very important. But for a democracy to work, it has to have the participation of everyone. And how that is achieved is through the electoral process, the citizens coming for consultation. For example, if we are going to select somebody to go up in one of the 21 constituencies, the community comes together. We have a party system in Dominica where they say, hey, you know what? I want this guy to run for this party. The community votes. The majority says they want Drago to go up. So Drago end up being the one who wins the votes, the majority vote. He goes into the national election against the opposition party and he goes into parliament. He continues that Parliament is there for the people who have sent you up so that you could be able to better represent their needs. However, on a national level, it is about how we are distributing the resources equally and using the talents and skills of the people. So citizens have to be part of that process, the decision-making, and ensure that democracy stays on track. What the parliament is there for is for you, Drago, after the people of Casibus have sent you up to represent their, their needs. And if you are not doing that, the people have a right to be disgruntled because they sent you there and you represent the majority. That's simple what it is. And all it is is on the national level, how are we distributing the resources? How are we enabling everybody to benefit from the proceeds of the state, the passport sales, the, 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 the uh, natural resources, the rivers, the mountains, uh, um, the, the agricultural produce, the land? How do we develop from that? How do we use each and everyone's skill so that we can better advance our society? So the citizens have to be part of the process. They have to be part of the decision making. They have to be part of ensuring that democracy stays on track. And that was Lennon Matthew. And still in the local news, the current policing philosophy in Dominica, according to Cesar Emmanuel, president of the Concerned Citizens Movement, is to protect specific individuals rather than provide security for all those living within these areas, which has turned national security into a matter of personal interest. He spoke on the CCM's show on Q95 Friday evening. It is not too late and it will never be too late because the new philosophy of policing in Dominica is to protect certain individuals and not the community. So policing, policing has become an individual interest and not a national interest oh. at this point. All right. So, 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 so when the scribe gets into the, the new dispensation of policing in Dominica, he's really talking about a new a political philosophy, a new, a new, new, new idea that has been implemented in policing in Dominica over the past 20 years, not just over the past 10 years or the past 12 years. It's over the past 20 years in the coronation of Roosevelt's scary. 
Emmanuel continued by saying that the DLP administration's level of intimidation was unprecedented for Dominica. Additionally, he stated that he would refrain from revealing the specific crimes that alleged offenders are accused of having committed against members of society. We never had this before, Roosevelt scary. That level of intimidation, as Brother John so quite correctly um, 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 stated. And I'm not going to go into the list of, um, of um, violent activities against individuals, against institutions, against political parties that have been executed to people who are just opening their mouths, using their constitutional rights, or let's say rights, to free up themselves in their society. Fascism, let me repeat, the use of violence to achieve political means to achieve political ends and one end in this new fascist environment is to ensure that the Labour Party remains in power indefinitely and the use of the police force concerns citizens movement president cesar emmanuel glenroy soso coffee the united workers public relations officer notes that democratic societies are dedicated to the ideals of tolerance cooperation and compromise electoral reform has been one of the top concerns for both the united workers party and the dominican citizens according to coffee he was speaking on the workers voice program on q95 last week thursday democratic societies are committed to the values of tolerance, cooperation, and compromise. Let me say that electoral reform has been one of the topics that has been in front and on the front burner of our agenda and of most of Dominicans' agenda. Over the years, we have seen a cycle of vicious stealing of elections over and over again. And that too exposes the whole system where a government imposes itself on the people as opposed to the people doing the right thing to ensure that they have proper representation. And so, with all of the reports that were written from all of the various organizations, from local consultations held here in Dominica, from the various groups, NGOs, and other opposition forces, we say this government is defiant in not representing the true request of the people and so they are in violation of the constitutional respect to bring in proper electoral reform to the people. Accountability, good administration and respect for the law must all be adhered to, said Coffee, for Dominica to have a vibrant a democracy. He added that, in his opinion, the democratic process in Dominica should be centered around free and fair elections. For us to have a good, thriving democracy, accountability and good governance, and to respect the rule of law, I am certain that free and fair election is supposed to be the center of that democracy and the vanguard to ensure that people themselves behave in accordance with the law. The kind of, the kind of um, disrespect these guys have given over the years with respect to, 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 um, to, to having elections being tainted, stealing elections, actually doing all sorts of things that nobody pay mind to that and is promised and promised and promised over and over again by the leader of this country. Even so, getting a man to do a report 
to come up with some ideas as to what he thinks is best for us when all other organizations have given us all ideas. And that was Glen Rice Soso Coffee, United Workers Party, Public Relations Officer. We need to open our eyes to the financial realities that await us if we don't act now as it appears that we are heading into a one-bank economy. That's according to social activist and former agriculture minister Afton Martyr in efforts to shed light on the increasing number of small businesses and banks that are either shutting down or leaving the country only to be replaced by government-run organizations. Mr. Marte sought to bring to light the management style of the current DLP regime and what that would mean for the citizenry if total financial control is left in the hands of the present regime. The National Bank is the banker of the credit union movement. So the credit union saves all its money, which is our money, in the National Bank. When it gives you a fixed deposit or other such income earning instrument, that is also drawn on the reserves or the monies that it puts in the national bank and so forth. So I ask you, as a credit union member, and I ask the thousands of credit union members in Dominica and the dozens who sit on the board of all the credit unions, central, national, the members of the league, have you asked yourself when we end up with a single bank and when that single bank is a bank under the control of the same person that you have been talking about for years and when that bank, which has already been given a zero credit rating by the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, which prevented it from purchasing First Caribbean, when that bank, under the weight of being the only bank in the country ends up folding what happens to our money i'm warning no one wants any of this to happen but it's highly likely especially in the face of the analysis given to us by dr thompson fontaine that when we end up with that bank as our only bank which is where all our credit unions save their institutional cash what happens to our credit union savings and money Social activist and former agriculture minister Afatan Mate, as we, a Caribbean community, need to pay significant attention to climate change and its impact on key economic assets. This from Governor of the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, Timothy N.J. Antoine, speaking in light of the increasing impacts that climate change has been having in recent times. The Caribbean community has been known to be most impacted, especially now we are in the heart of the hurricane season. Antoine pointed that the to the fact that 90% of our revenue stems from tourism, but with the increasing levels of the mage being brought by climate change, we need to pull our resources to protect our tourism assets. Some of these assets are at risk mm -hmm. to climate change. You think about our tourism assets, 90% of our tourism assets are on our coast. So we have to assess those uh, investments very carefully, both in terms of physical risk the actual climate change effect, as well as transition risk. In the cases of businesses which are in, for example, oil and gas that may have to migrate uh, to renewables. And we have to look at what that could mean for those stranded assets. So there is significant work underway now by the ECCB, starting to work with regulators and our financial institutions to better assess the climate impact on the financial system. So when I say act, these are things that are within our control. The other thing is 
we have to continue to advocate for more resources for our region. This is something that we do and must continue to do, to bring more resources to the table for both mitigation, that's the lowering of emissions, and adaptation, preparing our infrastructure, for example, to deal with a rising sea level, to deal with global warming, and what that means for our infrastructure, the need for us to build climate resilient infrastructure. So there are many needs, uh, and to do that, one of the things, and I'll end here, we are pushing is a renewable energy infrastructure investment facility where we could bring both the capacity on the policy regulatory side as well as financing to assist our member countries to advance that agenda. And that was the governor of the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, Timothy N.J. Antoine. Also in the local news, President of the Commonwealth of Dominica, Charles Angelo Savre, will head Dominica's delegation to the 77th session of the United Nations General Assembly, which begins on September 20, 2022. As head of delegation, President Savre is scheduled to deliver Dominica's statement during the afternoon session of the high-level debate on Wednesday, September 21, 2022. This year's theme is a watershed moment, transformative solutions to interlocking challenges. This theme stems from the recognition that the world is at a critical juncture in the history of the United Nations due to the complex and interconnected crises, including the COVID-19 pandemic, the war in Ukraine, humanitarian challenges of unprecedented nature, a tipping point in climate change, and growing concerns on threats to the global economy. Guided by the theme, President Savre's address will cover the impact of the climate crisis on small island developing states, seeds, and Dominica's progress towards the achievement of climate resilience. He will also speak on security, peace and security and impress upon the global community that need to collectively tackle issues such as NCDs and sustained food insecurity in the interest of all people. The president will be accompanied by his wife and ADC. Other members of the delegation are Dr. Kenneth Daru, Minister for Tourism Affairs and Diaspora Relations, Mrs. Barbara Daly, Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, International Business and Diaspora Relations, Mr. Kelva Daru, Deputy Permanent Representative at Dominica's Permanent Mission to the United Nations and Foreign Service Officer, Ms. Camilla Bell. The general debate of the United Nations General Assembly is the annual meeting of the heads of state and government of the 193 UN member states. During a high-level week at the beginning of every General Assembly, it is usually the first debate of the session and the highlight of the UN year. And the Kalinago bus drivers blocked a road in the community of Sineku over dissatisfaction of over the depleted condition of the road, which is currently undergoing repairs and has large potholes which they have to maneuver and enjoy while driving on the road every day. The bus drivers, passengers, some community members all made their voices heard in demanding that the road surface be sacrificed on a daily basis so as to reduce the damages that are being incurred by their vehicles. The ongoing road repair works are to cover the 77-kilometer stretch from Castle Bruce to the Kalingo Territory. Speaking on the site, manager the pro protesters made clear their demands and were assured the greater efforts to be made to cover the road surfaces and ensure that road repair project will be completed in a timely manner. When we do a, word, a road, there's always inconvenience for, for the... Yes, there's always inconvenience, but it could be done better than that. Look, the, 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 the rain did, doesn't help. And we are doing our best, okay? We are, we are increasing the, the, the work. 
That's okay. why if you had employed Dominican, you would get deal. And we have I a lot. I know that when you can look on, when you can work. We well, have a lot of foreigners. Another observation out of our mouth. Yeah, so it's not a lot. We have, we have a lot cash. of Kalinago people and Castlebrus people. Yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, I know a lot. At six dollars an hour. No, that's not true. This can be done better than that. So we want to hear you. If it's every two weeks or it's every weekend, you can give us a resurface. We want to know that because if not, we, it will be a continuous thing. I'm telling you that straight up. Next blockage, it will be trees, no, not Before car. you block, you call me and we talk. I'm here. I'm here to talk. Yeah. I'm not running. Well, we need to see our, our parents and our chief. All you need to call it. Okay. Yeah, all you need to call it. <laughs> so I'm here every day. for anything. You can work for free. We can, we Just can. to see the work moving on. We can work. Yeah. We can work together. Don't worry. Can I pass this with the operators? Yeah. Once you start in our road, we're letting you pass. Okay. Every two weeks, right? Every two, three weeks, you pass it. Oh, not three. Two. Every two weeks. That depends how the road is. Okay. Yes. If the road is not bad, after two weeks, we pass it after three. Okay. And I'm always available for you. Okay. You we respect that. We talk. As we say, it don't okay? make no sense. Okay. But before you 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 block the road, call me. And these were the voices of the protesters communicating with the site director. Rosa North Con Constituency MP Daniel Luge stated that the electoral office has the authority to update the registered list of voters and dispense voter identification cards in accordance with current laws. Luge does not believe in waiting on Sir Dennis Byron to address electoral reform problems. He was speaking on the Workers' Voice program last week. The Electoral Office, under existing law, has the authority and has the wherewithal to cleanse the list to issue voter ID cards. So this head red herring about waiting on a report from Dennis Byron, I do not subscribe to that at all. Yes, there can be improvement to the electoral laws, for example, to deal with um, the whole funding of campaigns, campaign funding, campaign finance. But what I'm saying is the basic, there are certain basics like cleansing the list, voter ID cards, which the electoral officer, chief elections officer can go right ahead with. Um, and I want to say to the chief elections officer, sir, you have the authority, your position is protected by law. Luge continued by saying that the electoral office need to be not frightened to do their duties specified in their job description. Additionally, he declared that he will never support violence in Dominica. You have not to be afraid to do what your, your job is. Okay, you have a job description, you have laws protecting you, you should go right ahead with ensuring that you do your job. And I will never be an advocate for violence in Dominica. But I think we need to put some pressure on the commissioners who are sitting there, who, in my opinion, some of them, there's a conflict of interest. I always wonder why we always have a chairman of the electoral commission who is a passport agent, you know? that I see that as blatant conflict of interest. And his colleagues as well. Mm -hmm. yeah? And he has other colleagues yeah. who are passport agents. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if that's not the reason why we can't get electoral reform in the Commonwealth of Dominica. 
and we need to put some pressure on them. It's either you resign from the position or deliver electoral reform to us. And that was Rosanoff constituency member of parliament, Daniel Luge. In other news, food insecurity in the English-speaking Caribbean has increased alarmingly by 46% over the past six months, according to a recent survey conducted by the Caribbean community, CARICOM, and the United Nations World Food Programme, WFP. In the past six months, there has been a startling 46% increase in the projected number of persons in the English-speaking Caribbean who experience moderate to severe levels of food insecurity. According to a recent study by the Caribbean community and the United Nations World Food Program, about 4.1 million people, or 57% of the population, currently experience food insecurity. When compared to February 2022, severe food insecurity in the area stayed relatively similar, but there has been a significant rise in the number of households experiencing moderate food insecurity. Over the previous six months, 1.3 million more people have experienced food insecurity overall. The decline has been ascribed to rising food and other commodity prices as a result of the crisis in Ukraine's spillover effects and the region's delay recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. In the week before the survey, nearly 6% of persons in the English-speaking Caribbean said they went without food for the full day. This represents 1% rise in February of 2022. Another 36% of respondents skipped meals or consumed less food than usual, and 32% consumed fewer of their favored foods in the week prior to the study. These percentages were 30 and 25% respectively in February. WFP Caribbean Multi-Country Office Representative and Country Coordinate Director stated that they have been observing concerning patterns in the area, including people liquidating their possessions and using their savings to cover essential expenses. These negative coping mechanisms are unsustainable, and they worry that these quick fixes may increase the number of people who are unable to satisfy their daily food requirements Previously, this had never happened in the area. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky stated that the discovery of hundreds of remains in a mass grave in the city of Izium proved that Russia committed war crimes in his country. Authorities in Ukraine discovered a mass grave comprising 440 victims in the northeastern city regained from Russia forces, citing it is evidence of war crimes committed by the invaders in the territory they had occupied for months. In a video, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky stated, and I quote, Russia is leaving death everywhere and must be held accountable, close quote. This mass burial uncovered in the former Russian frontline bastion of Isium would be the largest in Europe since the 1990s Balkan Wars after thousands of Russian troops evacuated the area, abandoning weapons and supplies. Ukrainian forces retook Isium. ABC's foreign correspondent Tom Burge has more. Evidence emerging of a Russian killing spree in northeastern Ukraine. Our team visiting a mass burial site with hundreds of wooden crosses in a forest in Izium, a city recently liberated by Ukrainian forces. The forensic teams are working in one small area of this woodland, but the wooden crosses stretch right down here, row upon row upon row, and on this side too. We're told 17 Ukrainian soldiers in a mass grave here, and most of the wooden crosses only have numbers. Officials saying some of the victims show signs of torture. ABC News, there to witness investigators carefully dig up bodies. 
Well, the forensic team here have just removed the body of a man from one of the unmarked graves, and it's obvious that he had his hands tied behind his back. Overnight, Ukraine's prosecutor general saying more than 34,000 war crimes have now been recorded throughout six months of war. <laughs> President Zelensky saying torture, a widespread practice when Russia ruled part of the Kharkiv region, saying many torture chambers have now been found in newly liberated land. Sergei's friends and neighbors, more than 40 people and entire families killed by a missile strike in the days after Russia invaded Ukraine. How does that make you feel? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. From the first day of war, every day we saw bodies, but now empty. Well, overnight, President Zelensky saying they found multiple torture chambers in those areas under Russian rule. Officials saying the exhumations of hundreds of bodies from that mass burial site in Izium will probably take... And that was the prime with the news, but first a recap of the headlines. Retired police superintendent Nicholas George notes the growing divide between police and the people and says it is critical that police grasp the value of establishing and upholding the trust of the public. A recent survey by CARICOM and the United Nations World Food Programme revealed that food insecurity in the English-speaking Caribbean has increased alarmingly by 46% over the past six months. And Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says the discovery of a mass grave and 440 victims remains in the city of Izium proved Russia committed war crimes in his country. The, big station. the news was brought to you for the very kind compliments of Discover Dominica Fardy. I've been your presenter for this environment. news as it